You're listening to Love, Mary Jane, a big talk podcast helping relationships thrive in the modern cannabis culture. I'm Joanna Newding, a cannabis lifestyle guide, published relationship writer, and host of Casually Baked, the podcast. And on Love, Mary Jane, I'm your armchair life coach. Oh, that I'm asking, just a little phone call. If you're at a crossroads and the intersection is cannabis and relationships, put it in park. You're in the right place. So give me what you got. Engage by submitting your story and cannabis-infused relationship questions at lovemaryjane.net. Each episode of Love Mary Jane will feature a letter seeking advice or insight into a relationship affected by cannabis. Romantic, familial, professional, personal, nothing is off limits. Wherever you're struggling, I will hand-select a friend, colleague, or expert that feels appropriate to join me in the studio to help me empower you to make the best decision. This is Love, Mary Jane. That I'm asking. Dear Mary Jane, I'm getting married next spring, and I am in proper wedding planning mode. My fiancé and I are in step on everything, which is amazing. Among other things, we agree that we want a cannabis-infused wedding celebration. We both, though, have conservative parents, and mine more so than his. We anticipate pushback and need help preparing for the big reveal. What can you do for us? (laughs) Thank you, the cramming couple. Weed weddings are a newish thing, and it's fair to consider parents might be caught off guard with a sprinkle of weed into their grown child's wedding day festivities. I called up a close friend and former wedding planner to help me talk through the Cliff's Notes of Cannabis for Wedding Planning to assist our cramming couple. Jen Sanregret is the owner of Happy Provisions Company in Santa Barbara County, and she's an expert at making happy days even happier. Jen, thank you so much for being my sidekick at this Paragon Space Party. I don't know how I would do it without you. I'm happy to be. This is great. You guys don't know that Jen has been my sidekick at events for a really, really long time. She and I worked NFL, PGA Tour together, and then... She turned into this amazing wedding planner and party planner, and her and her husband have their own business, and she lives out here in California like I do, and cannabis-infused weddings are kind of starting to become a thing. And I know as a, number one, event person, Mm -hmm. number two, a wedding planner, and three, someone who understands the shift that's happening in the cannabis culture out here in California, that you might have some tips for us to help somebody get through something like that. Almost like bridezilla, mother, you know, crazy mother-in-law. Like if we, you know, if it can get good or like really bad, like what, you know, I want to know like what those triggers were that made some crazy. Well, you know, I think first off, most of my clients out of 12 years of being a wedding planner, I didn't really have bridezillas. I had a couple and they were, it it was rough, but overall I had a really great client base and a really good, (laughs) um, just a really, really good clients. And 
it was a lot of word of mouth. So if I'd have a cool couple, I would get another cool couple in that group setting. Mm -hmm. But what I found was this problem happening a lot, not with cannabis as much as anything, whether it's something small or something really big. Like I would, I would put cannabis in the big one because that's new. And most of the older generation or your parents or your grandparents, they're not used to this new thing and the shift and they don't understand it completely and they see it as like a negative and still probably see it as like this gateway drug and they couldn't imagine what it looked like at your wedding with all these hippies just yeah and, rolling and their what dope. are oh my god what are what are my friends going to think <laughs> oh yes and of course that's a big thing but my brides I did have a few crazy ones but more than anything I had crazy family members so I really understand this question because it is about the bride and groom or bride and bride or groom and groom, but really it gets lost in the planning so quickly. And one thing that's really important that is super green, that's not marijuana, is money. So it's like, who's the person paying for this wedding? There you go. We've got to go to the, we've got to convince the decision maker. You've got to go to the bank, whoever the bank is. Gosh, I'm trying to think of examples of things that brides would come and say, I really want to do this, but my mother-in-law doesn't like it. Or, you know, oh, for example, I had a a great bride. Oh, she's fantastic. And her and her uh, fiance were big margarita drinkers. Uh And they were going to have a great wedding that was going to serve different margaritas. And the bride's father was a retired judge in Texas, and he was not having alcohol at that wedding. Oh. Yes. Alcohol. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So imagine going to him with cannabis. Yeah. Like, I think he would just, like, have a conniption. It just wouldn't work. So we had to really work on that because it was a part of – it was a wedding. It was a part of their life, but he did not drink. He was a – a judge that had to deal with a lot of people who were under a, the influence and would make bad decisions. So he just kind of had this like very... He'd seen the worst oh, and he was expecting yes, it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. What I did with the bride was try to have kind of this back and forth dialogue. I, or I'll talk to you like I'm you, you be your dad. So I'm like, hey, we're going to have a margarita machine at the wedding. Oh, no, no, no. She'd say, we're, no, we're not. And I would go back and say, well, what are you worried about? What What is the concern here? And he would just go down the list. I mean, this is a a, a groom or a, a, Bride. a bride's father who made me send all of my credentials to prove that I was like a certified wedding planner. I was like an ordained minister. I sent him my diploma uh-huh. from the college that I went to and got a wedding certificate. Mm-hmm. And I sent him like something else and was just like, is this cool? Is this what you're looking for? I don't know. Here's my website. And the bride was just like, just send it. It's fine. We're still going to continue. So anyway, we went back and forth and kind of role played this situation, which I think is super important with a bride and the groom or the partner, whoever the spouse is going to be. Like, how are you going to talk to your, quote, bank? Mm Because they're the ones who ultimately have the say because they're giving you a lump sum of money to just throw a party. Yeah. Like, let's think about that. If you're married 30 years and your child is going to get married and you're like, okay, how much do you need for your wedding? And you're like, $100,000. They're like, I'm sorry. (laughs) What? 
And it, it, I mean, it's true. The average cost of wedding when I was a wedding planner was $30,000, like roughly. Now it's even gone up. With Pinterest and Instagram and the social setting where people are trying to one-up their cousin or their Peggy and marketing or whoever, they're mm-hmm. just trying to have a better wedding. Mm-hmm. It happens quickly. So you do have to answer to that person. They're, they're giving you this money. Yeah. And they want to feel good about where their money's going to. So really, you need to talk to them in an angle that they feel comfortable with. You have to problem solve before it even happens. If they know that this is part of your life and you have uh, – you have to kind of break it down to them and say, this is a part of my life. This is important to my husband to be and I. We want to have this um, cannabis-friendly wedding. This is how it would work out. Before you freak out, <laughs> this is how it would go down. And this is what you need to know. And this is the facts, like being prepared, having statistics, having the documents saying like, you know, just ha- being ready because you know your dad or your mom or your uncle or whoever. You know how they work. Mm-hmm. So be prepared with their personality on how you're going to deal with, you know, yeah. them coming back at you because they're going to immediately say no. And you want to have – you and you know you're in control of the conversation, right? You're going into this conversation knowing that it's on – you're ready. You're mm-hmm. you're ready. You're yeah. armed. I'm, they're I'm not. calling the meeting. Right. And I've and they're done not. Yeah. And they're blindsided and they're going to put their wall up or they're going to get overwhelmed or they're going to get mad. It could cause a big issue. So you want to be prepared for that. Okay. So then let's talk about that. So in order to be prepared for that conversation, you need to, I think, have some really tasteful pictures of other cannabis weddings Absolutely. that have been done. Um, you know, me being on the educational side of things, it's being able to have the conversation of you can consume cannabis without getting high. You know, CBD is great for all of us. It's good, literally good for us. Mm -hmm. It's not just this optional thing that we can do. And actually, I would even go as far as having the whole conversation of how excellent cannabis is for people who are seniors and getting older. And it's like, you might actually end up really liking this. But but then also partnering, having an idea of who you might partner with specifically for cannabis, but also someone like you who is well-connected and that would be part of doing your homework too. It's like, how would I even pull this off? Right. Well, you have to know who your players are. Yeah. <laughs> you have to know who's on your team and get them kind of rallied behind you in a way. If it's your brother or your sister, or maybe it's your mom, you know, maybe you go to mom first and you're like, Hey, I'm going to talk to dad about this. How do I do it? You know, and not let her be the bad cop, but just help her kind of navigate this conversation before it happens and, and really go at it. I'm going to say like professionally, but honestly, that's how you need to bring it up. Like as having an, an adult conversation, but I think having pictures, having the literature, something that's tangible that they hold and they look at, they could take with them when they're pissed off walking away, telling you that they're not giving you any more money. Mm-hmm. Weddings are so emotional, so emotional. You have person paying for it is worried about where that money's going and how they're going to give you the money. You have, you know, yourself and your partner kind of freaking out that you're about to get married. And yeah. doesn't matter if it's because you're about to be standing in front of 200 people saying your vows or if you're just actually freaking out, you're about to be a married person. Like there are so many levels of emotions and that's where the term bridezilla came from. I mean, you just, you kind of, even if you're kind and nice and you're great through your bridezilla phase, you still have it mm-hmm. because you're, I mean, I did and I'm a wedding planner and, but I didn't see it that way in the moment. And I look back and I'm like, God, 
feel bad about that, but it's part of it. Like you're so overwhelmed. You have, you're trying to make a guest list and you're like, wait, are Peg and Aunt, uh, Uncle Andrew, are they still married? I, I don't even know. Do I send them? Like yeah. you get confused. Like right. who do I? And wait, do I have to are, invite these yes, people? Are Aunt Edna and Tom, are they, do we, are they talking? Do <laughs> Who do I invite? Like what yeah. table? Then what table do they go at? Where do they sit? Are they going to have a good time? You start thinking about these people in your life and then you're like, oh my God, it's gotten out of control and you want to scale it down. And then it's like, do you invite your work friends? Because Amanda has become your best friend at work. And how could you not invite her to your wedding? And the answer always is you cannot invite her to your wedding because it's expensive. One of Grant's friends called, I remember, Grant Grant is Grant, my husband, his really good friend, who I will not call out because I love him dearly, called and said, hey, are you going to come to my wedding before I send you this STD? He said, before I send you this STD, are you coming? And Grant was like, what is an STD? Number one, I don't want one. So don't send that. Number two, I don't know. What, what is that? And he was like, my save the date. I don't even want to waste the money on sending it to you if you're not even going to come. And Grant was like, well, yeah, I want to come to your wedding, of course. And he was like, okay, because it's $42 a person. And Grant was like, okay, cool. You do you want me to come? Like, is it, should I not? Like, maybe it's too much. Is that's $84 for me and Jen? Like, I don't know. And it was so funny. He's like, no, 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 no. We want you there, but I just don't want to go through the hassle of doing this. <laughs> Such a dude thing. <laughs> I know. And I'm on the speaker going, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, like his I don't even fiance is probably like humiliated if she could hear that story. But <laughs> anyways, we went to the wedding. It was beautiful and wonderful, but it was really funny. And then I really thought about that as being like, it is expensive. It's expensive. And when people – and listen, people, if you don't go to a wedding, that's rude. If you RSVP'd yes and your ass doesn't show up, trust me, people rude. notice. And that's money. That's rude. Unless there's obviously a big problem and you couldn't come and that's understandable. But I mean, I've had people not show up to weddings and they've been like mutual friends of the bride. I'm like, what's up? You didn't come? To- oh, yeah. I just didn't feel like it. Oh, Okay. Well, yeah. you missed a great party, number one, obviously. Number two, I know how much that seat cost. And yeah. it's, you know, and not even just the dollar sign, but the emotional side. It's very emotional. Oh, yeah. So tying it back to cannabis and trying to convince somebody who is not in that realm and yeah. doesn't understand what's going on mm-hmm. can immediately not take it well. well. so, okay, so that's actually a good transition because if you do want to have cannabis at your wedding and, you know, we have to figure out, one, how to do it tastefully, two, how to do it safely because you, you know, and one of the things that I think works really well is everyone getting almost like a, like, like you get a drink ticket when you go to a company party. Mm-hmm. everybody getting a ticket and you can exchange that for a low dose edible or a joint or there's so many different ways. And I think that that's a really good point because you could talk to your wedding planner and strategize. How can we make this be safe for everybody? And by safe, I just mean underage. Number one, number two, you know, we know that uncle Henry is just going to hit that bottle of Jack. And then we don't need him going over there to that table. Or maybe he had a, you know, you have issues. Well, but you can't, pl- you mean you can't police grown-ups. You, you, but you have to because people are liable. 
Right, but that's so, what I'm saying. So yeah. you have, yeah. So you have to. So in a way, you find a polite way to police grownups. Right. That's what my I would I called it hurting cats, hurting a bunch of cats to get from hi, excuse me, um, dinner's ready, dinner's served. So if you can just, you know, just. When you're ready, go into the other room. And it would be 15 minutes later, I'd be like, oh, my God, seriously? Like, I'm on a timeline. You're ready we to get the bullhorn yes, out. I'm just, like, pulling my hair out. But you do have to police adults because they are they could still act like children. And you don't want that to be a bad experience for yourself or if you're the planner for your clients. Sure. I've had because to do a lot. I could write a book on the stuff I have gone through, not with brides, but with guests yeah. and family members. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's one of the one of the things about, okay, so politely policing, but one of the biggest reasons why is that people get crossfaded mm-hmm. if they drink alcohol and then consume cannabis and they don't do it on a regular right, basis exactly. like I do. Right. And, and they then they know. end up, right. yeah. And I, I remember at, at your wedding, I think somebody ended up, you know, they went missing and we're yeah. like, where they are the they? Juniper and they tree. Yeah. I'm not going to name names, but I'm going to send you this pot link and her podcast link and you'll know who you are. You'll remember who you it are. It was great. It was great though. I mean, it was funny, but he wasn't used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I even went to a wedding uh, last year in Colorado and um, it was, it was very tame. I mean, it was so fun, but no one was, nobody was out of hand drinking. You didn't have to worry about that. Most people were eating, you know, having edibles and and it was just, it was so fun and and safer. It felt safer. Mm-hmm. But going back to the judge and his daughter, um, you know, we had to really play our cards right. And he uh-huh. allowed the margaritas, but we had to have transportation. Oh, I had to do other things. Like I couldn't have lit candles straight up because he was like, no, if women have hairspray and they turn their head and their hair gets on fire, who has to pay for that? <laughs> <laughs> he thought of everything. He really did. And and rightfully so. I mean, this is what you're dealing with is people who don't, you know, who are, they have to take care of themselves because they've seen people get their, you know, get sued or whatever their job yeah. is. Right. So you just have to know who you're playing with, who you're talking to, and then having your... Have your strategy right. all and then lined how up. It, and how it would work and, and meet with the cannabis, you know, caterer beforehand to talk about drink tickets or brownie tickets and maybe people have wristbands at your wedding that are cute that have your hashtag or your name Mm -hmm. and you know that they're not drinking alcohol they're just doing this and maybe you divide it in a way that's you feel comfortable or the you know your in-laws or whoever maybe feels comfortable and you know one of the things that I will say about having edibles at a wedding you know the onset might be 30 45 minutes an hour an hour and a half And when you are in a celebratory situation and someone eats an edible and it hasn't kicked in in an hour and Mm -hmm. then it's time for the champagne toast and then they drink (laughs) champagne and then 45 minutes later they start feeling this edible like I'm against that whole like long shot onset for this type of situation. I think you need to go with something that it's it's immediate, Instant. and so yeah. it's either going to be having um, tinctures that like bitters that you mm-hmm. can add to a drink, yeah. or having pre rolls, or you know a firefly or a vaping station set up, yeah. and and let people use a vape pen or whatever. But something that is that immediate 
gratification. Absolutely. So that people can stay dialed. Right. And I can say firsthand with my experiences, I'm the worst at that. Because if there was a cupcake and somebody was like, just eat like this much. No, never works. I will eat the whole damn thing. Yeah. And we want to. Of course. We deserve the whole cupcake. cupcake. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I want all of it. And I'm going to eat it. And then, you know, flash forward an hour and a half later and I'm not – it's not, it's not okay. I need to go night-night. Yeah. I need to find my juniper tree. <laughs> That's right. And just take a snooze for a Your little bit. Your juniper tree. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I mean. Well, I, I, I honestly think that having – well, I mean, I hear it all the time when someone's like, oh, yeah, I had a really bad experience with edibles. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, what was the, what was the percentage? What was the milligrams of THC? And they're like, I, I, don't, I don't remember. I'm like – well, looking and reading the label is the very first thing we need to do. Right. So I think when you are in that kind of fun atmosphere and somebody says, oh, like this is an infused edible, they're just like down the hatch, like let's do it. And and then after they're digesting it, then they start asking questions. Right. And it's like too late, bro. Yeah. And you then, you're, then you're getting worried. And oh, yeah. Like, am I being weird? Yeah. Are you mad at me? <laughs> are you mad at me? <laughs> is anybody mad at me? So I I think that having cannabis at weddings is going to be something that in a couple of years, people will giggle that we were even having this conversation. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be just like having an open bar right. or, you know, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to come and it's going to be something that's super easy to do. But right now, if you're wanting to have cannabis at your wedding, you're kind of a pioneer. Yeah, you know, absolutely. you're an early adopter of this whole idea. Well, and of- if you are, and that's already in your mindset, like that's that's part of who you are. And if you're going to be genuine to yourself and your um, future spouse, you want your wedding to be as much of you as possible. And, um, you know, you're with the people that you love the most, most of the time at your wedding. And you want to make sure that it just, it serves you in a good way that you feel like you look back on that and go, that was so us. Mm-hmm. And in 10 years, you're not going to be the, the, that same couple, but you're going to appreciate that, especially yeah. being the pioneer and being like, oh, yeah, we did that. And then my cousin Nikki did it. And then whatever and whatever. And mm-hmm. I think that as things progress, it'll get more and more common and people will get used to it and it won't be so scary when they hear about it. Mm-hmm. But I could see that being kind of a a, a hot topic for a few years. And I honestly think it could be something that you, you know, this is something a couple might want to prepare for is if they have on their invitation that is a cannabis infused wedding, they might have some people that are like, oh, I don't want to be around that. I'm not going. Let's weed them out. We get it. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine, Peggy. We didn't want you there anyway. (laughs) That's right. You're on the B list. Bye, Felicia. I'm just kidding. There's no A and B list. There is. There is. (laughs) Oh, I absolutely believe that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, are there any other like kind of red flags or things that you think? I think it's, I I feel like just being genuine to who you are and being authentic, being um, open-minded to the bank that I will call that person, whoever that is. When they come and they have their own opinions, don't get 
upset about it, you know, mm-hmm. like really hear them out and and give them that space to talk to you about it so that you could then in turn talk about it and have the conversation and make it calm and definitely have some literature there that you could walk away and they can read over it and feel good about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to say if you're paying for that wedding all by yourself, then this, none of this applies. Yeah. And I think you, and even if, because what happens, I've had a lot of bride and grooms pay for their own wedding and still have their parents or grandparents want to tell them what they're going to do mm-hmm. with the ceremony. I mean, with everything. Yeah. And, um, and they're not paying for it and they don't care, but they're still going to tell you that you cannot do this or that. And so I think it's like sticking to your guns in a lot of ways, but being educated and ready for, that conversation is really important and I mm-hmm. think is is what will help generate the outcome that you're hoping for. Right. And, you know, you saying that brought back a memory. So I um, recently interviewed the drug education manager for Students for Sensible Drug Policy for Casually Baked, the podcast. And one of the things that I learned from her that these teenagers are doing who maybe their parents aren't ready to have the drug conversation with them, but they are ready to have the conversation with their parents. And they know that their parents can get kind of volatile and opinionated on these things. What they're doing is emailing the information first so that the homework you've done, the outline, all the stuff you're putting together, they send that in an email first and give them 24 hours with it and before they then pick up the phone and call because they're like, that um, initial hostility and like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, they're at work going, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Get in here. Yeah. Look at look what your daughter just sent me. <laughs> yeah. That's like an impression of my dad, but I don't really think he sounds like that. It's just like what I want him to sound like. Well, and I know it's funny because we're two Texas girls living in California. So when we do accents for people, we yes. they sound like hillbillies. Always. <laughs> But really, they don't. Like, my dad doesn't sound like that at all. (laughs) He was born in Indiana. So. (laughs) Just something we do. Just a little something. Yeah, no offense, Dad. If he listens to Love Mary Jane, I'm going to be so impressed with him. If he listens, we need to have a code word that he needs to just text me. (laughs) Or an emoji of like a plant or something. I don't know. You you can work that out. I will. I'll work I'll I'll we'll have the conversation. I'll bring my literature and uh you know, we'll talk about it. The Love Mary Jane column and podcast are created and produced by yours truly. Feedback feeds the flame of Mary Jane, so submit your cannabis related relationship questions or sticky situations at lovemaryjane.net. Thanks to my highly capable sound engineer, Arnav Gupta, and to my highly talented friend, Seth Walker, for the show vibes. You can find the Love MJ theme music, All That I'm Asking, on Seth's album, Sky Still Blue, however you listen to music these days. I hope you'll join me next week for more. Love. Mary Jane. Are we recording this or? Yeah, I need you to just talk like, yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com.
Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 99.9% of our DNA is identical. It's a 0.1% that truly makes us different and unique. And that's what the show is about. Find out that 0.1% about your favorite guests. Find out what music they like, their first cannabis experience, and even what their room looked like growing up. But more importantly, or as important, their journey. Learn what makes them unique on Everything is Personal. Yeah. <laughs>